Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasutim Vyasam Tato Jayamudiraye We're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 13, The Behavior of a Perfect Person, starting with text number 1. That's seven thirteen one. Shrinaruvacha Kopas Tvam Parivrajya Deha Matra Vasheshitaha Gramaika Ratra Vidina Nira Pikshascharin Mahim Sri Narduvacha Sri Narduvani said Kalpa, a person who is competent to undergo the austerities of sannyas, the renounced order of life, or to prosecute studies in transcendental knowledge. To but Evam in this way, as described previously, Parivrajya, fully understanding his spiritual <coughs> identity and thus traveling from one place to another. Dehamatra, keeping only the body. Abhishitaha, at last. Grama, in a village. Eka, one only. Ratra, of passing a night, vidina, in the process, nirapeksha, without dependence on any material thing, chared, should move from one place to another, mahim, on the earth. Sri Nardamuni said, a person able to cultivate spiritual knowledge should renounce all material connections and merely keeping the body inhabitable he should travel from one place to another, passing only one night in each village. In this way, without dependence in regard to the needs of the body, the sannyasi should travel all over the world. Text 2. Vibhradyasavasa-kaupina-chadanam-param-taktam-nalingad-dan-dadair- Anyat kinchid anapadi. Bibrat, one should use yadi if a sow, a person in the renounced order, vasa, a garment or covering, kaupina, a loincloth just to cover the private parts, achadanam for covering, param, that much only, tyaktam, giving up, giving, given up. 
na not lingat that the distinguishing then the distinguishing marks of a sannyasi danda ade like a rod tridanda anyat other kinchit anything anapadi in ordinary undisturbed times translation a person in the renounced order of life may try to avoid even a dress to cover himself if he wears anything at all it should be only a loincloth and when there is no necessity a sannyasi should not even accept a danda a sannyasi should avoid carrying anything but a danda and a kamandalu text number 3 eka eva chariad bikshur atmaramo napashraya sarvabhuta surichanto narayana parayana eka alone eva only charet can move bikshu esanyasi taking alms atma arama fully satisfied in the self anapashraya without depending on anything sarvabhuta surit becoming a well-wisher of all living entities shanta completely peaceful narayana parayana becoming absolutely dependent on narayana and becoming his devotee translation the sannyasi completely satisfied in the self should live on alms begged from door to door not being dependent on any person or any place he should always be a friendly well-wisher to all living beings and be a peaceful unalloyed devotee of narayan in this way he should move from one place to another text 4 pashyat atmanyado vishvam pare sad asato vaye atmanam cha param brahma sarvatra sad asanmaye the sanyasi should always try to see the supreme pervading everything and see everything including the this universe resting on the supreme five supti prabodayo sadvab atmanogatim atmadrik pashyan bandam chamoksham cha maya matram navastutaha supti in the state of unconsciousness prabodayo and in the state of consciousness sandao in the state of marginal existence atmanaha of oneself gatim the movement atmadrik one who can actually see the self pashyan always trying to see or understand bandham the conditional state of life cha and moksham the liberated state of life cha also maya matram only illusion na not vastutaha in fact translation during unconsciousness and consciousness and between the two he should try to understand the self and be fully situated in the self in this way he should realize that the conditional and liberated stages of life are only illusory and not actually factual with such a higher understanding he should see only the absolute truth pervading everything 
purport. The unconscious state is nothing but ignorance, darkness, or material existence, and in the conscious state, one is awake. The marginal state between consciousness and unconsciousness has no permanent existence. Therefore, one who is advanced in understanding the self should understand that unconsciousness and consciousness are but illusions, for they fundamentally do not exist. Only the supreme absolute truth exists, as confirmed by the Lord in Bhagavad Gita 9.4. Maya tatamidang sarvam jagarabhyaktamurtina mastani sarvabhutani by me and my unmanifested form, this entire universe is pervaded. All beings are in me, but I am not in them. Everything exists on the basis of Krishna's impersonal feature. Nothing can exist without Krishna. Therefore, the advanced devotee of Krishna can see the Lord everywhere without illusion. Text number six. Na, not. Abhinandet, one should praise. Dhruvam, sure. Mrityum, death. Adruvam, not sure. Va, either, asya, of this body. Jivitam, the duration of life. Kalam, eternal time. Param, supreme. Pratikshita, one must observe. Utanam, of the living entities. Prabhava, manifestation. Apyayam, disappearance. Translation, since the material body is sure to be vanquished and the duration of one's life is not fixed, neither death nor life is to be praised. Rather, one should observe the eternal time factor in which the living entity manifests himself and disappears. Purport, the living entities in the material world, not only at the present, but also in the past, have been involved in trying to solve the problem of birth and death. <clears throat> Some stress death and point to the illusory existence of everything material, whereas others stress life, trying to preserve it perpetually and enjoy it to the best of their ability. Both of them are fools and rascals. It is advised that one observe the eternal time factor which is the cause of the material body's appearance and disappearance, and that one observe the living entity's entanglement in, the in this time factor. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur therefore sings in his Gitavali, Anadi karma pale padi bavarnava jale, todibari na deki upai. One should observe the activities of eternal time which is the cause of birth and death. Before the creation of the present millennium, the living entities were under the influence of the time factor, and within the time factor, the material world comes into existence and is again annihilated. Bhutva, bhutva, praliyate. Being under the control of the time factor, 
The living entities appear and die, life after life. This time factor is the impersonal representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who gives the living entity conditioned by material nature a chance to emerge from this nature by surrendering to him. So these uh, verses up to verse 6 are describing the sannyasi. In this section of the Bhagavatam, we're hearing from Narada Muni speaking to Yudhishthira about the system of Varnashrama, in which everyone, according to their particular propensity, everyone has a natural uh, inclination to work in a certain way, and they see the world in a certain way. Each one of our senses actually has an attitude. You can notice the attitude our senses have to a particular smell, sound, sights in this world, and everyone has a slightly different um, reaction to the, to the various uh, sense objects according to their conditioning. Of course, there, there is such a thing as absolute beauty and, and its opposites. And nonetheless, within that spectrum, there are unlimited combinations and permutations according to the way living entities have associated themselves in the material world. As Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Purusha Prakriti Stohi Bhumte Prakriti Jangunam Karanam Gunasangosya Sarasad Yoni Janmasu. Person ends up in good or bad wombs according to uh, his or her particular association in previous lives, because by association uh, we develop attitudes and our senses develop a particular predilection towards certain kinds of sense objects. And the material nature awards the living entity accordingly and gives a, a certain set of sense objects. Shariram yadavapnoti yakshap yukramatishvara rihit vaitani samyati vayor gandam ivashayat. When we leave the present material body, according to the attitude we've developed, we're carried into another body and Shotram Chakshush Parshanam Cha Rasanam Grana Mevacha Atishtayam Manashtayam Vishayam Upasevate. We're given a particular kind of um, body with a particular set of senses. Therefore, <clears throat> there's a uh, <clears throat> way that one can work in this world according to the category of, of work that. Um, suits one's psychophysiological nature. And Krishna says in the Gita, Chaturvanyam Mayashvishtam, that I have created this system, Guna Karma Vibhagasha, that according to one's guna, one's qualities from the previous life, and karma, one's pre, um, predisposition to work in such a way, that there's a, a system to work in so that one can gradually be elevated. So that system is called Varnashrama. Varnashrama Bacharat Avatar. This uh, Vishnu Purana says without following the Varnashrama system, then uh, one cannot be elevated. Of course, there's a way in which some people follow the Varnashrama system, but uh, they don't include Vishnu. They don't see the ultimate goal of life. They simply become uh, attached to the rituals 
and to the work in their particular um, varna, uh, but they don't offer the results to Krishna and they're, they're not uh, associated with Krishna through that process. In which case, uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam says, Dharma Swanistitam Pumsam Vishvaksena Katasuya if you're working in the Varnashrama system, but you're not developing an attraction for Krishna, then your work is Shrama. It's useless. There's no use to it at all. So here, uh, Nardamuni is describing the actual Varnashrama system through which one adopts a particular kind of work and also lives in a particular particular ashrama or a place of shelter so that one can uh, accommodate one's senses just as much as necessary so that one can live. And this is uh, the direction given in the uh, first part of the Bhagavatam, second chapter, divinity and divine service, kama syanindriya pritir labo jiveti yavata jiva sitatva jignasya narto yascheha karmavi. Life's not meant just for kama. It's not meant just for sense gratification. Rather, it, it, we can accept sense gratification, but we shouldn't um, think that that's the all in all, which is uh, a society which has gone off the rails, a society that, that uh, is oriented in this way, that um, human life is simply meant for uh, the satisfaction of the senses. And as long as my senses are satisfied, and to the degree that I try to satisfy them, or that I have the facility to try to satisfy them, to that degree the society is advanced. That's not advancement, according to wise persons and the Shastra. Real advancement means to accommodate your sense gratification, because it's, it's not that we can simply uh, go without. It's not possible. In the Gita, Krishna says, Vishaya vini vartante nirahara sadehina rasavarjam rasopyasya param jushva nivartate. That even those who restrain their senses end up with uh, a strong attachment to them at the same time. The only way to actually rise above one's inextricable uh, connection to the material world through the sense objects and the senses is to get a higher taste. And therefore, kama senendriya pritir, it's uh, kama, this uh, sense gratification is never meant uh, as the all in all, simply to adore sense gratification and to think that I'm going to be happy if I have sense gratification. Kama senendriya labu jivete yavata jivasya, then what's it for? Jivasya tattva jignasya. We should, uh, we should take care of our senses as much as we need to so they don't go off the rails, uh, so that we're not um, distracted by uh, pulling back the senses. We have enough sense gratification, just like you have to have enough salt, not too much salt and not too little salt, otherwise you'll go crazy. Or your fingernails, you don't want to cut them too short and you can't leave them long either. So... You, you have to adjust it. So in the same way, jiva sitatva jignasya, you should see sense gratification as the means through which you can live a natural, happy life in this world, 
Vedas aren't saying that you should be out of balance. You should be in balance, but why? So that you can inquire after the absolute truth. And the person who's inquiring should be able to do so completely, just as in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, tadvidi pranipatena pariprashnena. Pari, pari means on all sides. Pariprashnena means you should inquire at all times and all places and all and have a complete inquiry about the purpose of life. Uh, similarly, in the Chatur Shloki Bhagavatam, aham eva sameva agre nanyad yat sarasat param tasyadaham karichascha yovishishet tasosmiham and onward from there. That's uh, not the verse, it's the next... Uh, after that one. <laughs> Try that one or 35? No, 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 keep going. 35, okay. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare. In any case, it says in the Chatur Shilipi Bhagavatam, that in all times, in all places, in all circumstances, one should inquire about the absolute truth. 36. Yeah. So sarvata means sarvatra, means in all space and time in sarvada, means in all circumstances. A person who is searching after the absolute truth, the personality of Godhead must certainly search for this, for it, up to this, in all circumstances, in all space and time, and both directly and indirectly. So, Bodhiprashnena means similar thing. When you go to a person who knows the truth, one should inquire completely. So, this is the spirit of the Bhagavatam in describing our relationship with the senses and the sense objects is that we should maintain the body as much as necessary so that we can remain healthy in order to inquire completely about the absolute truth in all times and all places and all circumstances. So um, <clears throat> everyone has a slightly different um, interaction with the modes of nature. And there are categories of, of living and working that accommodate that so that one can stay steady in inquiring about the absolute truth. Now, in this chapter, Narada is describing a sannyasi, one who has realized that the material world is futile. There is uh, illusion while I'm awake and illusion while I'm sleeping. The only reality is om tat sat. Tut means that, that which is categorically real and um, is permanent and um, has, is not dependent on any other um, entity for its existence. That's Krishna. So a person who has come to realize this knows that uh, engagement in the material world is ridiculous. It's ludicrous because of the, I'm simply wasting my time. And to the degree that one realizes that and, oh, and, and also develops a higher taste, 
means when we have a higher taste for chanting Hare Krishna, for serving Krishna, and I just read the other day in the seventh canto, Prabhupada quotes the verse, Yat Koroshi Rashna Shiyaj Johoshi Dadasiyat, Yat Tapasyasikontiyat Kurushva Manarpanam. And that is that. Um, Shraddha, could you go to ver uh, could you stay on verse number six? We're 7136. Um, he quotes Yat Koroshi which means whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer, give away, should done as an offering unto me. And then Prabhupada relates that to a devotee life, because that's a very preliminary verse. He's telling anyone who hasn't really started the uh, process of regulating his or her senses that, okay, just do whatever you're doing now, but give it to me. Uh, but offer it to me, make as an offering unto me. But then um, Prabhupada says for the devotees, if whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer, give away is done in relationship to spreading the Krishna consciousness movement, said so then you're perfectly situated. And from that, you can attain perfection in life. So those who uh, take to the process of devotional service find that there are stages, and one has to go through the stages of purification and be very patient and determined and make an effort because in the beginning in the beginning one develops faith and Krishna consciousness appears as it is truthfully to be the most important and exciting opportunity that I mean it's there's no greater uh, revelation that oh I just realized I'm not my body and there's a process to go back to Godhead and this is a great awakening. To Adoshradha, one develops that faith. Tata Sadhusanga and wants to associate with devotees and then takes up the regulated practice of devotional service, bhajana kriya. There are obstacles in the beginning because, as in any discipline, there's going to be a period of time in which one has to adopt the practice steadily and also um, overcome one's previous bad habits, mentally, mental bad habits, physical bad habits, and so forth. So before one gets to ruchi or even to nishta or steadiness in a practice of devotional service, steadiness means one's overcome the obstacles through which one is uh, distracted, and attracted by the material nature still, even as one's performing one's devotional service, one can't give it up. If, um, if one's to, to reach the uh, stage of Nishta, one has to go through a Narta Nivriti, unless one did it in one's previous life, and that's not many people in Kali Yuga. Then you have to be patient and go through the process. In the beginning, uh, one may have what's called Utsahan Mai, which means... Uh, <clears throat> an over-enthusiasm, thinking that, oh, I have shraddha, therefore I am a, a pure devotee. I'm already there to the, to the goal because the experience is so intense that one becomes excited about devotional service and then um, is engaging in the process and, and naturally feels enlivened. But uh, 
this kind of overabundance of enthusiasm for thinking that um, I know everything already and um, I'm just going to go like this the rest of the time throughout my whole life in the same state of consciousness is unrealistic because one will have to endure through various stages of life. And that includes anartanivriti. Oftentimes, people come to Krishna consciousness, they practice very sincerely, and then at a particular time, they realize that, oh, there are a lot of things that I didn't realize that were there within my heart. And that uh, the ways my senses are programmed is not so easy to unprogram and reprogram into devotional service. Sarvopati nirmuktam it's required to engage the senses so they become purified. And uh, how deep is their connection to the material world? Oh, they're interlocked with, their, uh, with the objects of their senses. And one can't simply fake devotional service. One actually has to roll up one's sleeves and become steady in the practice and face the fact that I have to go through this period of uh, struggle. We lost the verse. We need you to back up. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. So then uh, <clears throat> that uh, requires courage and um, having to face one's uh, demons and so forth. So, um, reading the purport again, the living entities in the material world, not only at the present, but also in the past, have been involved in trying to solve the problem of birth and death. Some stress death and point to the illusory existence of everything material, whereas others stress life, trying to preserve it perpetually and enjoy it to the best of their ability. Both of them are fools and rascals. It is advised that one observe the eternal time factor, which is the cause of the material body's appearance and disappearance, and that one observe the living entity's entanglement in this time factor. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakura therefore sings in his Gitavali, Anadi Karma Pale Padi Labarnava Jale, Taribari Na Deki Upai, one should observe the activities of eternal time, which is the cause of birth and death. Before the creation of the past millennium, present millennium, the living entities were under the influence of the time factor, and within the time factor, the material world comes into existence and is again annihilated. Bhutva bhutva praliyate. Being under the control of the time factor, the living entities appear and die life after life. This time factor is the impersonal representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who gives the living entities conditioned by material nature a chance to emerge from this nature by surrendering to him. So Prabhupada makes this point. Don't become, uh, don't miss the forest for the trees. That is, we begin thinking about death or become thinking about life. Go up above it a little higher and look down and see what's causing it. Behind birth and death is the time factor, which is Krishna's impersonal representation in this material world. It's him. Uh, and in the Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna, Kalos me, I am time. And when one has this perspective, one can realize the hand of Krishna in moving us through this world 
going through the different stages of life and also how he has <clears throat> arranged for every living entity a time to give up this present material body and by being aware of the fact that it's Krishna's force, it's Krishna's hand behind everything, one becomes Krishna conscious. And Mamcha Yogi Abhicharina Bhakti Yogina Sevate Sagunan Samatitaitan Brahma Bhuyaya Kolpate. By that kind of uh, awareness of Krishna at every moment of life, seeing every incident, the comings and goings of wealth, the uh, comings and goings of uh, happiness and distress, these are all being caused by the eternal time factor, which is under the control of Krishna ultimately. This gives one the perfect perspective, as was um, the perspective of Dharma, the bull, who was uh, asked by Parikshit Maharaj, who was it who has done such mischief in beating you? And uh, Dharma would not name a, a culprit because he said, in naming the culprit, I also become complicit. So we shouldn't become complicit with the material world by um, <clears throat> trying to identify the particular phases of birth, death, and the ups and downs in my life and attribute them to somebody. We should see that it's actually the arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I'm in his hands. And if I chant Hare Krishna, if I take shelter of Krishna through the process of devotional service, then he'll take care of me. Yogic Shemambaham Yaham. Personally, he'll <clears throat> take care of my life situation in this world. And also, uh, as is stated by Krishna at the end of the eighth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, in the chapter entitled, uh, the chapter entitled Attaining Supreme, devotees don't worry so much about it, of when I'm going to leave, what particular time, and all the circumstances, because they know Krishna's taking care of this. I'll simply depend upon him. So now we'll take a few reflections or questions to illuminate the conversation. Hare Krishna, dear devotees, you can unmute yourself to share your reflections and questions. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, this is Bhaktaranak. I have a comment and a question. Um, I really like the idea of unprogramming our senses, actually, and to reprogram them. I see at work also that we have to unprogram a lot of machines, and it takes a lot of effort and testing and various phases that we have to go through. So I can cannot even imagine how much it would take to just unprogram the senses. Um, and put them under the service of the Lord. Yes. And I also had a question, Guru Maharaj. In the verse uh, from uh, Canto 2, Chapter 9, Text 36, it, it is said that we have to inquire about the Supreme Absolute Truth both directly and indirectly. I didn't get how do we inquire about the Supreme Truth indirectly? Directly and indirectly? Yeah. Well... Uh, there's the ways in which um, we see the absolute truth in everything. He's the complete whole. Within the complete whole is, there must, by definition, be everything. So there's the supreme unlimited within this, uh, the supreme whole, and there's the infinitesimal within the supreme whole. There's the perfect 
and there's the imperfect within the complete whole because uh, the complete whole has to have everything. Sometimes people would try to have a, 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 a moment where they would catch Prabhupada in his philosophy early on. You can hear people asking Prabhupada, well, it, does bad come from God also? And Prabhupada said, yes, bad also comes from God because uh, actually he would say it's from you because you're disobeying God's instruction. But the, the, the complete whole comprises both perfect and perfection and imperfection, which we see in the living entities, um, infinitesimal nature and their misuse of independence and so forth. So that means we can see Krishna directly uh, as the Supreme Personality of God and indirectly when we observe the darkness that's caused by turning away from Krishna. Uh, Shraddha showed us that verse, Ritertam yet pratieta na pratieta chapmani tadvidyanatmano mayam yata baso yatatamaha, which is that um, <clears throat> illusion really means to forget about Krishna. And so indirectly, we also see in the material world when things are amiss, we see, oh, we see Krishna's hand within that also. Therefore, a person who's being described in this chapter, the, the enlightened person who's no longer attached to the material world, doesn't uh, praise death and it doesn't praise life either. Uh, just sees it, it's going on. And he doesn't uh, praise the good and doesn't praise the bad. He sees these are just results of interaction of the, um, the modes of nature in the material world and the living entity's interaction with those modes practically is meaningless. Uh, the only thing that really ultimately has meaning is when the living entity wakes up and sees his ultimate purpose in life. But the material world in, it, in its meaninglessness is also a study for the devotees who see Krishna's hand within it, so directly and indirectly. Any other questions? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. This is Vira Prashant Das. Uh, please accept my uh, humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. I just wanted to share two reflections that I had uh, today. Uh, the first one was from 7.5, uh, uh, where we talked about you know uh, advanced devotee, and we talked about you know in between consciousness and consciousness everywhere. Like you know, he focuses on the self and and. We, and I think in the translation, it particularly talks about where he sees the truth everywhere, the absolute truth. And I was thinking in this context, right, uh, you know, why do we often call uh, Bhagavatam as a spotless Purana? And I was thinking about Prahlad Maharaj, where, you know, from the time he, even before he came out of the womb, right, he's always thinking about Krishna. And then when his father, uh, Hiranyakashu, asked him, uh, uh, do, do you see Narayan or Vishnu in this pillar? He says, yes. And then he breaks the pillar and as we all know, right, he comes out of it. So I was thinking, wow, that's a classic example of, you know, a really, really advanced devotee. Um, the next thing I, I wanted to share was, you know, in the famous verse, you often quote, right, the Kamasya Nendriya Pritir. Uh, I was thinking about a verse in Bhagavad Gita where Krishna says, body in this, he clearly says, if you are too attached to the uh, the material uh, and sense sense objects, then you know you won't be able to advance in the in the devotional uh, service. Uh, so that was a nice uh, realization. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for giving scriptural 
uh, quotations and, and your reflections. Any other questions or reflections? Thank you so much. Um, I have a reflection. Um, when we were talking in the um, in the Shema Bhagavatam, where we were talking about in the seventh canto, um, the very, the text one to six was talking about how um, a sannyasi is like never dependent, and it related to the verse in the Ishapanishad where it talks about one should just stick to um, what is given as his kocha. And I was also um, reflecting how Kunti Devi was um, begging Krishna for repeated calamities, and it just shows how much surrender she had. And um, also in the Srimad Bhagavatam, the third canto, 29th um, chapter, text 11 to 12, there was one word that particular means which means without interruptions and it said that no material condition can stop the flow of the devotional service of a pure devotee and I was just thinking how especially in this time it's so hard but a pure devotee will not be affected by um, the material circumstances around yeah thank you very much for mentioning that about especially in this time um, it's uh Note, more noticeable, isn't it, when we become restricted in our movements and then we have to see how we depend on the ways that we've developed our own internal fortitude and to see how we can be uh, engaged, keep our senses engaged and be satisfied without all the movings about in the material world that we've had uh, for the last um, couple of decades. And now we get to kind of test ourselves. Thank you. Hey, Krishna Guru Maharaj, this is Manjula. This is Manjula. Hey, Krishna Manjula Kanta. Um, Guru Maharaj, I, I, when you were talking about uh, the, the sentence that we were, the shloka, that's with the Pranipati and Pari Prashnasya, the Pari reminded me a lot of Lord Ram, because when you're reading the Ramayana, Ram does that when, when he travels with Vishwamitra. Every chance he gets, everywhere he looks, he keeps asking questions, questions related to the Lord. And that is how the Ramayana actually progresses with so many beautiful stories as we go along. So that was really nice. It, it brought me back to what we were doing the past two, three days. Another point that I noticed that you were talking about, when you were talking about this connection between life and death and, and, and you know how we, how we should stay above it and see the larger view. Uh, yesterday we were reading about the mind and, and we got to a text uh, in chapter 13 in the Bhagavad Gita text 21 where it says Karya Karuna Kratitve Hetu Prakriti Uchate Purusha Sukha Dukhanam Bhoktritve Hetu Uchate So it says that nature is the cause of all material causes and effects whereas the living entity is the cause of the various sufferings and enjoyments mm. and Chaitanya Charan Prabhu reminds us that it's us our objective and subjective view that affects how we see the world the world is going on the way nature wants it to go so if you can be objective instead of subjective, uh, you would be in a better position to assess what's going on around you. Thank you so much for connecting everything back for me. Well done, well done. Thank you. Who else would like to step into the ring here? The Zoom ring. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Srivastandra Das here. Hare Krishna Prabhu. I uh, really love the way you put, uh, we have an inextricable connection with the material world through our senses. 
and the only way to rise above uh, is to have a higher taste uh, you mentioned this uh, uh, with regards to bhagavad gita 2.59 uh, param drishtva nivartate yes and i said that with with uh, conviction having uh, studied the 11th and 12th cantos several times recently and um there is a section there of instructions by the Hamsa Avatar. And Hamsa Avatar um, describes to the sages the ways that the senses are embedded, um, or the rather the sense objects are embedded within the mind. There's a subtle element behind the gross senses, which are the subtle senses. And they are, that is, those subtle senses are connected with the subtle sense objects. So there's a way that actually, ultimately, we really don't enjoy the material world. We enjoy the idea of enjoying the material world. It's virtual. And we're observing it and we're thinking I'm enjoying, but it's no enjoyment at all, actually. And yehi san sparsha jabhoga, that sparsha, that connection that my subtle senses that are covered by the gross senses then have an interaction with the external sense objects is uh, sparsha. It's just a temporary touch. Yehi san sparsha jabhoga, that kind of enjoyment they actually lead to misery because they drag one away from one's real self-interest and obscure our view of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They ruin our perspective. Instead of being objective, we, we become subject to the conditions of the material world. And it causes us great misery by being separated from Krishna in that way. So it's, a, it's an important aspect of Krishna consciousness. That's why Krishna brings it up in the Bhagavad Gita. That's why Prithu Maharaj goes into the Sankhya element of knowledge to give us a view of the, the categories of energy. For instance, Varanti Tattva Vidas Tattva There are different categories of the truth and there are different categories of energy. As a... <coughs> Vishnu Purana says, Vishnu Shakti Pura Prokta Shetra Gyakya Tatapura, Avidya Karma Sangyangya, Tritya Shakti Uchite. It is said that there are three categories of, of energy. You can parse them and, and divide them in many different ways. But there's the internal, external, and marginal potency. And the marginal potency is undergoing difficulty. In it by being associated with the external energy. So if we make categorical mistakes and we forget about what the senses actually are, what category of energy they're in, and what category of energy we are in, then there's a tendency to fall into the illusory state of thinking, I am the senses, I am uh, enjoying, and so forth. But through this very detailed knowledge of categories of energy and understanding my actual relationship with sense objects, we can detach from them.
I mean, I told this before several times, but it, it, I, apparently it made an impression upon me. When I was in, uh, when I was in school, probably grammar school or something, I saw a video that showed, it was talking about microorganisms and how they live on the body. And it showed a, a handsome man and a beautiful woman getting ready to go out for the night and they were both getting dressed up. And then the narrator would say, isn't this woman's hair very beautiful? And they say, yes. And then they go into one of the hair follicles and there were living entities in there. They looked at it on a microscopic level. And then all the kids were saying, oh, how gross. And there's a way that, that unless we actually stop and analyze the material world and see its different parts and look what's actually in there, it's easy to go on in trance. Being entranced by the material energy because it's divine energy and, and this kind of um, dissection that we're doing as we hear through the Bhagavatam and seeing each part for what it is helps us to, um, as Manjula Kanta said, uh, to step back and, and see, see it for what it is, objectify it. Sorry for a long answer to a short and very nice reflection. Any other points? Guru Maharaj, this is Vaikun Nayak Das. Vaikun Nayak, Haribo. Yeah, just staying, I mean, indoors is the same everywhere, I guess. It's indoors, do you still get Mysore pack? <laughs> no, Maharaj, everything is locked down. Everything, no Mysore pack in Mysore. All right, go no. ahead. So, I like that uh, point in the purport that uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, mentioned. Like, uh, he contrasts two types of people. One, uh, probably, I think he's referring to the Karmis, where he says that actually they live as if there is no tomorrow and they keep on enjoying. And then uh, we have the other end of the spectrum. We have, I think he refers to Mayavadis, where uh, they are so enamored by death that they feel that. Uh, all the, uh, that everything is illusory. And uh, Prabhupada just uh, in one stroke, he brushes both of them aside and labels them as fools and rascals. Yeah. So that I like that point. Yeah, very nice. Thanks for bringing that up. And uh, are the kids having fun in there? Yeah, sorry, Maras. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm glad to hear they're having fun. Hey, Krishna. Krishna.